Hi there. Thanks for tuning in to the Res Life Big Rapids podcast. We're glad you found us, and we hope this message helps shape you into something that looks like Christ. Now let's listen in. Awesome testimony in that song. Gosh, how many know that the power of God is real? That is awesome. I, I don't think I'm ever going to let Pastor Chris live down the fact that she ran laps around the room. I felt like we were like holy rolling Pentecostal going on. She's like, well, it, it, she's like, I could barely walk. And the fact that it was healed, I wanted to prove that it was healed and like ran laps around the place. And I was like, all right. I like, elbowed my wife. I was like, Pastor Chris is running. I should have videotaped it. Oh, man, it was great. It was, it was good. I want to encourage you to come to Overflow um, because it is, it's an awesome time where we just kind of let the Holy Spirit go and we just worship together. It's awesome. And uh, so how about this weather we're having? Awesome. It's great. It's great. The roads are awesome. You know, things are just great. Tuesday night we were, you know, uh, well, I wasn't uh, locked in my house. How many people are, uh, are thankful that we have childcare today because you were stuck with your kids all week long because they didn't have school? <laughs> Give Ka- Pastor Keith a high five after service. Uh, yeah, I am. So, but, uh, but anyway, so I was sitting with my wife Tuesday. And she, she got a text from a friend that said, uh, happy birthday. Uh, and she's like, oh, it's not my birthday. And they're, they're like, well, it's the, it's the anniversary of the day that you were uh, born into heaven, that you got saved. And she's like, oh, my goodness, that's right, it is. She's like, I, I don't know how I didn't think of it. And uh, so I was like, well, so how old are you, hon? <laughs> she's like, counts it up. She's like, I'm 16. I was like, you can drive in heaven. It's fantastic. Streets of gold. But, uh, yeah, so so give it up for my wife. It's her birthday, birthday this week. I think that's cool. I think that's pretty cool uh, because I've basically been in church since I was a fetus. It's hard for me to know exactly what day it happened, because, but, uh, but it's so awesome to celebrate those days. Don't forget to celebrate that day because that's, that's an awesome day, knowing that that's the day that you became part of the family of God. Amen? And so uh, the Super Bowl's tonight. Uh, how many people think the saints should be there? If you don't raise your hand, you can leave now. <laughs> because you have sin in your life. Um, <laughs> look forward to seeing you tonight. Um, and I hope that you have a good chili recipe. Because I've been talking to a lot of people. And they're like, my famous chili recipe is coming. And so, uh, so anyway, and I like to eat chili and I'm not fasting anymore. So we're going to get after it. Um, today we're going to start a new series uh, and it's, it's called this, getting a hold of what? Love. Turn to the person next to you and say, February is the month of love. Turn it. Now say it, like, say it like I said it, okay? When you say love, you need to growl a little bit. I saw this. Oh, man, I shouldn't say this. Well, I'm going to say it. Uh, I saw this thing on Facebook. It was, a, it was like a little meme thing where the words of the pictures and it said something like, uh, exactly nine months after Valentine's Day is peak rut for deer. So, uh, so have a great Valentine's, but don't ruin deer season. And I was like, amen. Amen. That's good advice right there. No babies in November. Okay, anyway. Um, like I said, I shouldn't say that. But you get it anyway. So we're going to talk about love. Um, in the English language, there's only one word for love. Love, right? 
But uh, some of you may know this, but uh, the Bible wasn't written in English. Uh, it's actually written in a number of different languages. But, uh, but in the Bible, there's actually many different words that we interpret as the word love. And so it can be confusing sometimes when we're reading Scripture and we see the word love, and, and we, we can't understand what that word really means because we don't speak Greek or, uh, or any of those other languages that, that the Bible's written in. And so, uh, so anyway, we're going to take a little bit of time to talk about the three most common uses of the word love or, or most common meanings of the original language um, the, over the next couple weeks. But let me give you an example. I'm not going to use this scripture today, word for word, in this message. I probably will in the weeks to come. But you remember that time when Jesus asked Peter, Peter, do you love me? And he goes, yes, Jesus, I love you. And Jesus responds back by going, no, Peter, do you love me? And Peter goes, Jesus, yes, I love you. Now, my kids, they ask me things over and over and over again, and it drives me crazy. Um, and, and so Jesus keeps asking Peter, he's like, no, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, I love you. And, and so in the English language, this is confusing. Like, Peter already said it, Jesus. Why do you have to keep asking? It's because Jesus was asking about a specific kind of love, and Peter was answering with a different kind of love. Okay, so if you didn't know that, light bulb, there's different words for love in the Bible, but our English language only has how many words? One word. And so uh, I, think it's, I think it's good because February is the month of love to talk about love in the Bible and how that, uh, how that applies to us in our lives. So uh, before we get started, uh, I want to just bow our heads and ask the Lord to lead us. So Father, thank you so much uh, for every person in this room, Lord, that, that you created them with a great purpose. And Lord, that you love them. Thank you, God. We're so grateful for your, your incredible sacrificial love for us, God, that you sent your son to die for us. And Lord, thank you that he didn't stay dead, Lord, but he defeated the grave so that we can have a life that we could not have without him, without you. And so God, we're so grateful for that. Just ask, Lord, that as we get into your word, we talk about love, that you will inspire us to be people of love. God, give us ears that hear, hearts that understand, and minds that desire to live like you and to live for you. And God, again, just let these not be my words, but the words that you need me to share today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so... Three times types of love. I'll just, I'll just real quick, I, I will skim over their names. There's phileo love, there is uh, eros love, and agape love. Now there are many more. Everybody say many more. Many, many more, okay? There's a bunch of them. And, uh, but these are the three most commonly used. These are what you're going to find in the Bible like most of the time. There's only a few instances where other ones are used, and we're not going to talk about those ones specifically in the context of this series. But, uh, but I want to I just uh, kind of move towards this. There's this, this statement that Jesus makes in the book of John that is so profound, it, is, it, it changes the game for our relationship with God. Okay, It changes the entire system of how we live for God. And it rocked people's world back when he said it. And so I want to talk about that. But before I talk about that statement that he said, I want to bring back something I talked about last week. Remember last week I said that, that in 1 John, the author John writes that God is what? Love. God is love. This is a statement that we have heard and everybody's heard, even non-believers, they know that the Christian God, he is love. 
that, that everything he does is love. And this creates a, a problem in society today because they see negative things happen in the world and all this stuff happens and they go, wait, if God is love, if their God is real and he really is love, then, uh, then you know, what gives? Why is there bad things happening in the, in the world? So let me just explain this real quick. John, he actually was there when Jesus was ministering to people. John actually witnessed the love of Jesus firsthand. He watched as he cared about people that most people don't care about, as he healed people who they thought were impossible to hear, heal or too far gone, um, that, that he went and he ate and he spent time with people who, who every religious person in the world would say, you absolutely cannot be with those people. He was love. And, uh, and so John can write this statement because he witnessed it, right? How many people would like to be able to follow Jesus around for a year or so? I mean, you wouldn't make any money, but you'd, it'd, be, it'd be definitely a deposit into your spiritual bank account, wouldn't it? But, uh, but John did this. He walked with Jesus. He saw what happened. And so, so because Jesus loved people and he knew that Jesus was God, so God must be all about love. That's the first fill in the blank. Jesus loved people, so God must be all about love. But this is, this is a controversial thing back then because people did not think of God or gods as loving in any way, okay? So all the pagan gods, all the people who weren't God's chosen Hebrew people, um, the Israelites, um, they served other gods, pagan gods, and all of those gods were uh, gods of obedience and punishment. You do what they say to do, when they say to do it, and if you do it, the, the, the idea is that you're going to receive uh, goodness or blessing or whatever that God is Lord over, okay? And, and, but if you don't do it, then you will be punished for not sacrificing things or doing the rituals or whatever needed to happen. And the reality of the situation is that our God, the God of the Hebrew people, our God today, the great I Am, He was also a God of obedience and punishment. Okay? And people are like, wait a second, we're talking about the same guy here? I'm talking about the same guy. Well, he's not really a guy. But uh, he, this, is, this is the same guy. And you go, well, how? And I go, okay, do you remember Moses on Mount Sinai goes up the mountain and God gives him what? The ten commandments, right? What you might not realize is that when they got to the bottom of the mountain and over the period of, of a little bit of time after that, he gave them 600 more. Okay, So there was like over 600 and some commandments that the people had to live by and if they if they followed the commandments they received a blessing if they didn't follow the commandments they received consequences they received punishment so throughout the whole old testament people we see god as being a god who is a god of obedience and punishment so you got to think when john wrote god is love people are like no he's not he's a god of punishment and, and how could you even say this? So this like rocks people's world. But he didn't get this on his own. He didn't get this on his own. He, he, he witnessed Jesus. But Jesus actually made a few statements that were game changers that pointed towards the fact that God really is love. And, uh, and so this is the statement. You want to hear Jesus' profound statement that he made? Okay. It's also in a book that John wrote. It's in the book of John. And it's simple, isn't it? John, and then there's 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, right? Okay, so, so it's by John. 
And, and we're just going to read the very first line of this. You don't even have to put it up. I'll just read it, and then you can put the whole thing up later. But in John 13, verse 34, the very first line, Jesus says, A new command I give you. Everybody say, command. command. Now, you might not think this is a big deal, but Jesus made a new or gave a new command to everybody. And this, again, might not seem significant, but, but, but put on your, like, we're going back in time, time machine hat on, and think about the Hebrew people. At this point, thousands of years before, God gave the Ten Commandments and the other 600 or so. Okay, After that period of time, every Hebrew person, every Israelite, had followed those rules to a T throughout their entire lives. So if you were raised as, as one of God's people, you adhered to those commands. It was, it was punishable by death for you to add or take away from any of those commands. Nobody, nobody would say, I'm going to give you a new command. And just the fact that he used the terminology command linked to the commandments is that he's saying this is as important as the Big Ten. Right? This is as big as as big can be. So Jesus makes a statement, a new command I give you. Think Again, think about being a Hebrew person, and you've lived for these things all along, and now some hotshot rabbis out there telling people that there's something new to live by. It would ruffle, ruffle your feathers a little bit. This is why the Pharisees were freaking out, because they're like, you know, they're the pastors. They're like, we can't have somebody teaching something new, right? But then again, we have the Old Testament, and we have the, New Testament, right? There's a reason it's called new. Uh, actually, I, I may talk about this a little bit when we get uh, when we get closer to uh, Easter. But uh, how many people here have a cell phone? Okay. If if you don't, okay. <laughs> Good for you. You're probably less addicted to media than we are. Um, if uh, when you get a new cell phone. Are you going to use the old one anymore? You see what I just did there? A new commandment, a new testament, a new covenant. Jesus is rocking people's world. When, when they heard old covenant, this is a new thing. They th- old, just like you think of old cell phone, you're not going to use the old cell phone anymore. They're, they're feeling like Jesus is implying the old commandments don't matter. This new thing matters. We'll talk about that closer to Easter. But this is a big deal. So this is, this is what Jesus said in its entirety. A new command I give you, John 13, 34. Love one another. Everybody say love. No, no, don't say it. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're my one another. Yeah. That was weird, wasn't it? You're my one another. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. Verse 35. This is huge. This is huge. It's huge. By this, <laughs> by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. By what? If you love one another. Turn to the other side and say, you're my one another. John, why won't you do it? Why won't you do it? Doesn't have to be weird. <laughs> What's love got to do, got to do with it? We should have done that song today. 
Mm. This is such a weird command for everybody back then. You think it's weird right now? It was weird back then because they were not taught that God was a loving God. They were not taught that being a Hebrew or a chosen people, an Israelite, was, had anything to do with love. In fact, the only, the only thing the Old Testament taught them about love was love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. It wasn't love your neighbor as yourself until the New Testament. That's what Jesus said. And so it was all about love God, this vertical connection with God, and it had nothing to do with the one another's in our lives. And so Jesus, this is, this is huge. This is a huge change. God doesn't love people. He punishes people. This is what they think. Do you, let me give you an example. Okay, you remember back in the Old Testament, David, King David, is moving the Ark of the Covenant, which is like this, basically this box that they believed the presence of God was in. The actual Ten Commandments were in there. Uh, Moses' staff that he used to part the Red Sea was in there, and they believed the presence of God was in there. It was in there in the Old Testament. And so they're walking along. They've got these poles through it, and they've got people carrying it like this on their shoulder. You remember this story? It gets a little wobbly. They're walking through some treacherous ground, or something happens. It starts to slip off, and this really well-meaning guy. I mean, he's a good guy. He reaches up and he, go, he doesn't want the presence of God to fall into the mud. And so he puts his hand on the Ark of the Covenant. What happens to him? Do you remember? Boy's dead right there. Drops like a rock. Dead. And I'm thinking like, what kind of loving God like, like sees this guy going, God, I just love you. I don't want you to be in the mud. All right. And, and so I'm going to put my hand up there and keep it from falling off of the thing. And, and, and God doesn't Love him and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Instead, he's dead right there. Why did he die? Because there was a command that said, no one shall touch the Ark of the Covenant. And because he broke a command, he received a punishment. Because God in the Old Testament was not love like what we see in the New Testament. So Jesus is flipping it all over. He's changing everything. And so, so he says, John 13, 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. And again, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if, if, if you love one another. So what does it mean to love one another? I love this. Um, this is exactly what we need to know because if Jesus says that the way uh, that we live is to love one another, we need to know what to compare ourselves to, right? So, uh, so Jesus makes it so simple. He says, as I have loved you, love one another, love one another. So uh, think for a moment, um, how has Jesus loved you? Just think about it. How did Jesus love them? You're all thinking, well, obvious pastor. Well, don't call me pastor. Just call me Ross. Obviously, Ross. He died on the cross for me. No greater love has anybody than this, than to lay down their life for a friend. Um, wrong, because he hadn't died on the cross when he gave him the command. We don't think about timeline here. We, after death and resurrection and the whole thing, we all go, oh, he died on the cross. It's so obvious. He loved us. He gave his life for the people that he loved. Because <laughs> he gave him the command before he died on the cross. And so he said, live and love the way I have lived and loved you. 
So how did he love them? Well, let's look at, at some things real quick. Um, the disciples that he was talking to were like this ragtag bunch of sinners. Like, like they're tax collectors who stole everybody's money. They were fishermen, and we all know fishermen have foul mouths, and they're dirty, and they smell bad. And, uh, and uh, I mean, another guy was a doctor, and even though they go, oh, he's a doctor. Yeah, well, doctors gouged money out of people and did things that were really terrible, and a lot of people didn't like doctors. And so these are guys that, that nobody liked. And how did Jesus love them? He said, come and follow me. Be with me. I don't care about your past. What I care about is your future. This is how he loved them. Go and love one another in such a way that you forgive their past and you help lead them to their future with God. Now, they didn't know that in a very short amount of time, Jesus was going to make the ultimate sacrifice for them. They didn't know this when he says this. And so what's cool is that John didn't know this when he wrote down what Jesus said. But then we get the other books written by John after what Jesus did on the cross, and we get, we get a whole other perspective of things, which I'll read about in just a minute. But This is the thing. Jesus' love was selfless. Jesus' love, it was selfless. Jesus did not go to the cross so that he could be the man. In fact, right before, right before he goes to the cross, you remember he went and he prayed in the garden. And he said, God, don't make me do this. Basically, he said, God, if you can take this cup away from me, this thing that you've asked me to do, I would gladly give it up. But I will do what you told me to do, and I will honor what you told me to do. So Jesus didn't want to necessarily go up there and, and, and get on the cross for you and me. Now, he did. He's God. He knew the plan, and he carried through with it. But it wasn't all about Jesus. It was all about you. It was all about the people that he loved. I mean, why would, if it was all about Jesus, why would he have done what I said before in forgiving these, this group of guys who were full of sin and saying, come, do ministry with me? Why would he do that? Wouldn't he want the greatest, the greatest students, the greatest uh, uh, like studying rabbis and all of those people to be his disciples so that he could have the dream team, the Avengers of Jesus, and go around the place and just like, you know, blow it up for God? No, he doesn't do that. Instead... He doesn't, it's not about Jesus, it's about honoring the Father, it's about loving other people. We need, we need to take a cue from this, from, from the Lord. Because the way that the world has taught us about love is that love is all about me. I'm searching for love, I want to be loved, I want to feel loved. And love creates this, this idea of love creates this satisfaction in our lives, like we live to be loved. Whereas Jesus says it's not about being loved, it's about loving. It's the opposite. Love is not about getting attention, it's about giving attention. Did I mention that Valentine's Day was coming up? Men. See, what Jesus did is he taught us to give love. To focus on giving love. Instead of receiving, Jesus, Jesus taught us to give love. That's in your notes. 
So I told you, John gets a second, he gets a second chance here. I mean, not that the first chance was bad. He was with Jesus. He wrote about what happened. But then he lives through everything that happens. And then he writes his other letters. And so in 1 John, we're sticking with John. He writes about love. He was there. He experienced God's love. So we're sticking with John all the way through the message today. In 1 John 4, 7, this is what he writes. Listen to this. He says, dear friends, let us love one another. Everybody say, you're my one another. I didn't tell you to lean the person next to you, but some of you did. And that is kind of creepy. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Listen to this, though. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God. Because God is love. I want to, I want to say something here. It says anyone who does not love does not know God. There are a lot of people in this room today and in this world today who say, I love God, but I'm just not, it's just not me to be a loving person. I'm just not, that's just not the way I roll. And, and I would like to point out that that scripture does not say, love God and you're good. It says, whoever does not love does not have God, does not know God. And you could say, I love God all day long, but if you don't love, do you really know God? Do you really love God? so we need to be a people of change a people who see opportunity to love other people instead of I love God but I don't like that person no that's not the way Jesus functioned and that's not the way that God works now because God is love verse 9 says this is how uh, God showed his love among, amongst us. Now, this is after the fact. This is awesome. He says, he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. It doesn't say he sent his only son into the world to die on the cross, defeat the grave, and rise again. It says he sent his only son into the world that we might live through him. Now we know that that life comes because of Jesus' great what for us? His forgiveness. That he loves us so much that he went to the cross for us. This sacrificial kind of love. This selfless kind of love. And it, this is explaining it once again. Verse 10. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. We are instructed by God to love others, to love one another. Love is not, love is, this is cool. Because before Jesus, I mentioned this last week, before Jesus, love was a feeling. But with the New Testament, love becomes an action. It wasn't just about feeling good. It's about caring about other people, loving other people. If we're to apply this concept, think, think that if we were to apply this concept to every situation of our life, every relationship, every interaction, every moment, every person we encounter, how different life would be how different life would be. God has called us to love other people. 
And I want to go back kind of what I, to what I was saying. Well, I love God. I love God. I love God. That should be good enough. That's, that's what I want. How, how many people are parents in this place? Anybody parents? Okay. Okay, so I don't know about you, but I tell my kids I love them a lot. And we should all be doing that, right? Telling our kids how much we love them. And, and, but it stings a little bit when they don't say it back to me, right? Like I'll say it. I'll be like, love you. And they'll just walk out of the room. Uh, our little one, Owen, I said, I said, Owen, I love you. He goes, I know. <laughs> and I'm like, no, son, you need to respond with, I love you too, Dad. And so I keep working on him with it, you know, I, lo- I love you. And he, I know. No, say, say, I love you too. And then he, and this is, Allison caught me in this the other day because I said this. This is the exact progression. I said, I love you, Owen. And he goes, I know. And I said, no, you need to tell me that you love me too. He goes, I love you too, Dad. And I responded with, I know. Where do you think he's getting it, right? And Allison's like, really, Ross? It's like, well, we could go round and round in circles with I love yous, you know. But, uh, um, I mean, we all want to hear our kids say it back to us when we say it to them. But maybe more rewarding would be to see our children love other people the way that we love them. Like, it's nice to hear it back. But when they put that love that you've put into them into action with other people, it's way more fulfilling. This is exactly what God is doing. He, it says people will, will know you're his disciples when you love one another. God knows that you love him when he sees you love one another. We need to be a people of love. I did not talk about any one of the kinds of love today. I will do all three in the next two weeks. We'll talk about those things, but I want to challenge you today. I'm going to leave you with this challenge, okay? By the way, before I leave you with the challenge, the last thing in your notes that I'm not going to talk about is if we're not people of love, then we're not people of God. I already talked about it, but it's in your notes. If you need to fill that in, that's fine, but I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I'm going to leave you with the challenge today. I want you right now to think about somebody that you don't like very much. You know where I'm going. Somebody who's just rubbed you the wrong way. Maybe it was your whole life this person is just, they have uh, disappointed you. They've let you down. They've hurt you. They've frustrated you. You don't really like being around them. And I want you this week to figure out how to show them that you love them. They're your one another this week. I want, you to, I want you to figure out a way to contact them or let them know that though you may not like them all the time, that you love them. Listen, you think this is impossible. It, that's too much of a sacrifice. Let me remind you what a sacrifice was when Jesus got on the cross to show you that you matter. Sacrificial love. You can do it. I can do it. I'll do it too. Because believe it or not, I have people I don't like very much. And uh, let's see what God does in those situations. Let's see what loving other people produces in our lives. We'll get back to it next Sunday. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for every person in this room, God, that you created them with a purpose, that, that, uh, that you have a destiny in mind for them. And Lord, I, I just pray that they are reminded today that if they're not people of love who show love to other people, that they cannot fulfill that destiny. 
That that destiny that you have, you have pre-programmed for them, Lord, that it is completely integrated with your kind of love. And that sometimes we need to change and rearrange our lives to line up with your love, with the way that you see the world. God, I thank you that we don't live in the Old Testament, the Old Covenant anymore, where it was all about rules, but instead you have made it so that it's all about loving people the way that you loved us, seeing past their imperfection, seeing past their failure, seeing past the sin to say that there's somebody valuable in there that I want to show love to. God, I pray that you inspire us this week to reach out to those people. And Lord, I also ask that you help to guard our hearts and remind us that it doesn't matter how they respond back. It's all about love. If you're here today with your eyes closed, everybody's eyes closed, and you know that your life is far from God, that you don't want to be anymore, I'm here to tell you that you need Jesus in your life. If you know your life is full of things that God's word calls a sin, things that keep you far from God, far from your destiny, I want you to know you need Jesus. If you feel like your life is worthless, has no direction, has no purpose, has no meaning, I want you to know you need Jesus. The whole point of what Jesus did on the cross for us, the whole point of making him Lord of our life is to live out those things, to not have to live with shame and guilt, to not have to live this purposeless life, but instead to live the destiny he has for you, to not have to focus on your past, instead be looking forward to your future. And the amazing thing about making him Lord of your life is it doesn't end at the end of this life, but you can have eternity with God. So if that's you, and today you know you need Jesus, with everybody's eyes closed, you know you need him, right now lift your hand up. Awesome. Awesome. If you're at home on the couch watching this online and you know you need Jesus, lift your hand up right now. I can't see your hand, but God sees your hand. And when he sees your hand, he knows your heart. This is so clear. The Bible makes it so clear. Jesus is so clear when he talks about, when we talk about how to make Jesus Lord of your life. You need to confess with your mouth that he's Lord, that he really is God. And you have to believe in your heart that he rose from the dead. This, so we're going to say a prayer, and everybody's going to say it. We're going to declare today that Jesus is Lord of our lives. But out of that declaration that we say with our mouths needs to come a heart that desires to live for him, to live for love, to live uh, with him as Lord of your life, with him as your example. And so let's pray together, and let's just invite all these people into the family of God. Say this with me. Say, Lord, thank you for loving me. I was a sinner, and I have struggled with sin. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he died on the cross, defeated the grave, and rose again so that I could have love. I receive forgiveness, and I choose today to make Jesus Lord of my life. Lead me into the life that you have for me a life of love. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Awesome.
Thanks again for tuning in today. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can check us out online at rlcbr.org. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast in the iTunes store or your podcast feed. We love you, and remember to always reach up, reach in, and reach out. Have a great week.